Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, co-journers. I'm so glad you're here for another episode, and I'm excited that we have a poem submission on today. If you write a poem about your homecoming journey, please send it to me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. And today's poem comes from Dr. Rashmi Karnard Jani, who lives in Toronto, Canada. And Dr. Rushmi would like to dedicate this poem to all those who do the mothering work for students in our educational institutions and families we are born into, we create, and to the ones we choose. And this poem is called, Can I Grieve Now? Can I grieve now for all that's lost and all that never was, all that could have been? Can I grieve now? Is it time yet or are there dishes to clean and food to buy and cook, eat and clean up after and papers to grade, papers to write, savings to plan and planning to save and dreams to watch unfold? Is it time yet? Can I grieve now? And there is the, the wet streak down the side of my face. A stray thought flows, wistful that there is indeed no time to grieve in the busyness of life, which is perhaps a good thing, because there's the ubiquitous question, if I fall to pieces, who will pick them up, gather each one and painstakingly glue me up? Therefore, maybe it isn't yet time to stumble or crumble, yet there's a whisper, sometimes. Can I grieve now? just a little? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much for your piece. It is so powerful and so significant when we think about the busyness of life and how we can be productive and we can do so much for others while not even having time for our own grief, for our own sorrow, for our healing, to tend to our wounds. And you raise this question, if I fall apart, who's going to be there to help me put myself back together again? And when we are caught up in that perpetual busyness of life, often, eventually, we come to a crash. And it is so important that we figure out ways to protect our peace, to protect our mental health, our physical health, to protect ourselves and to hold ourselves as sacred beings. And so I am so grateful that you sent in your piece because it reminds us, Dr. Rushmi, about the importance 
of our unshed tears, our unrecognized grief, the pain that so many of us are carrying. And so on today, this poem is actually in alignment with our topic, which is coping with burnout coping with burnout. And there are so many reasons why we may be feeling burnout in this season. When we think about the stressors and the sources of pressure and the responsibility, when we think about the losses recognized and unrecognized, when we think about all of our roles and our responsibilities, it really is a juggling act, all that we have been carrying. And so when we are burned out or in the process of getting to the point of burnout, we often feel tired and drained most of the time. So when you wake up in the morning, You already feel exhausted. Throughout the day, it is hard to go through with the day because of that sense of heaviness and fatigue. There can also be a sense of the burnout showing up in your physical body, and that can show up with headaches, with muscle pain. It can affect your sleep, whether you are experiencing insomnia or difficulty waking up and getting up and staying up. Many of us also experience getting sick, getting ill more frequently because the immune system is compromised. Not only does it show up in our bodies, but burnout also shows up in our emotions. And so you may feel detached as opposed to when we are pressured with stress and we get super, super busy. Uh, when we are burned out, it is hard for us to mobilize. It's hard for us to feel connected to our work, to ourselves or to other people. You may experience a loss of motivation. You may have started thinking about things in a very negative light where it is hard to have hope. It is hard to have enthusiasm. It is hard to have pleasure. It is instead really a sense of dread and dissatisfaction, a sense that whatever you have done is not enough and will never be enough. When we are burned out, we can feel like a failure. We can begin to doubt ourselves and doubt our choices. When we are burned out, we can really question ourselves and wonder what is the point of any of it. And even if we can see that there is a point or there is a purpose, often emotionally, physically, and dare I say spiritually, we may feel so drained or so empty that we have nothing left to give. And so when we are in this season of burnout, the way it can show up is by us uh, trying to cope with unhealthy coping strategies. And so when you're burned out, you may find that you're engaged in more emotional eating. You might find that you are more reliant on substances, on drugs and alcohol. You may find that you have been irritable 
and taking out your frustration on other people, being impatient. You may find that you are not showing up as much, and that may be that you physically show up, but mentally you aren't there, or you may actually not even show up uh, and be present for the work or the responsibilities and the roles that you have. Procrastination can become very overpowering when we are burned out because we lack the motivation to do it. And so we can get distracted by being on the phone. We can get caught up in creating drama or responding to drama, responding to pettiness, because all of that gives us a break from centering in on the things that just feel too heavy, too draining to focus on. So you may have let some of your responsibilities go. You may be missing deadlines. You may not be checking emails or not responding. Uh, You may also experience self-isolation. And so when you are burned out, often it is not just about burned out from work or from school, but just the daily activities of life. So you may also discover that you don't have the energy to deal with people, that when you were motivated, energized, engaged, then it could work for you to connect with others. But if you notice that you are pulling away, not only from your work or responsibilities, but also pulling away from other people. And so I invite you to be tuned in to the reality of your own fatigue. I invite you to take sacred pause. And if it is true for you to even speak aloud, I'm tired. Right. I wonder if you can give yourself permission to name that even though you may say that you're fine, that you're blessed, that you're doing well, that this is exhausting. It has been an exhausting season for many of us. And for some of us, it has been an exhausting life. And so we think about the different factors or causes of your burnout. And some, many may be feeling burned out from the pandemic, feeling this roller coaster of thinking things are getting better and then feeling like we're going backward. You may be burned out because of your work schedule and work responsibilities. You may be feeling burned out because you work very hard, but you're not seeing fruit for your labor, you're not seeing the harvest, or you work very hard, but you're often overlooked and ignored and your contributions are diminished. So it's hard for you to get motivated to engage again because it can feel like, what is the point? You may also feel burned out because your job has unrealistic expectations. You may feel burned out because you have overcommitted and you take on too much and try to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders where you feel responsible for everyone and for everything. When we are not even getting our sleep, this also can lead to the burnout because you're showing up already drained. So when the day starts, you are already literally exhausted. 
there are some additional factors, psychological factors that can uh, lead to us being burned out. And one of those is when we have a lot of unhealed wounds. So you may have already been on edge, that it was already a labor for you to get through the day. And then on top of that, you have all of the painful life experiences that you have endured that you never had space to, as our poem said, you never had the space to grieve, right? That you've had so many losses and you've never had space for your outrage, for your fear, for your sadness, for depression. You did not quote unquote have time, but they are consuming and you have had to uh, work very hard on the inside, paddling underneath the surface that people may not see how hard it is for you to show up in just the ways you are showing up. We can also be more vulnerable to burnout when we are perfectionistic. And so when nothing is ever good enough and we work long hours, long into the night, and even when we put in all that time, it still does not feel good enough that we still don't feel worthy. And so we are chasing, chasing self-worth, chasing validation, chasing the right recognition that if I get all of that, will I finally feel it on the inside? Well, I finally actually believe I am enough. But if I am constantly driven by this need to prove myself to myself and to others, that can be draining and exhausting. When you have dealt with depression or in general, a pessimistic view of life where it is hard to see the good, you know, that other people may look at the landscape of your life And they can say, oh, wow, that's great. And that's great. But for you, uh, your attention often goes to what has gone wrong or what is insufficient or what is not enough. And so when we gravitate toward and some of us were raised to scan our lives looking for the holes, the gaps, the deficits. But when we live like that, Uh, that also is exhausting. If you are a controlling person, not only that you are perfectionistic for yourself, but you like to dominate or you like to dictate or you like to control what everybody else is doing, that also will take a lot out of you. Some will talk about micromanaging. Some will talk about a helicopter parent. So whatever domain it is, and for some of you, it's in every domain, but if you live your life trying to control other people's lives, it will often lead you to a place of frustration, exhaustion, and burnout. When we are highly motivated for success, while we can say there are some benefits of that, There are some things that you have only accomplished because you were motivated and you do have high standards and you set these big goals. And so when you meet them, you know, that is incredible. But often 
when we have that kind of personality that is achievement oriented, sometimes we can feel like it is never enough. And so you work hard at one great thing. And then soon as you do that, you have to jump on to the next, that there is no pause. There is no appreciation. There is no rest. There is just the perpetual motion. And so that will lead you to a place of burnout. So we want to get to a place where we can see it before the burnout fully arises. When you can start to see those warning signs that you start to pay attention to the changes in your sleeping or your eating, when you notice the shift in your tone or your irritability, when you pay attention to the reality that you've been waking up already exhausted or you've been laying awake all night unable to sleep. And so we want to be at home with ourselves enough to notice when we are shifting, to notice when we are spiraling, to notice when we are tired, right? To pay attention to that within ourselves so that then we can become active in either reducing the level of the burnout or preventing it from showing up, that we want to build up our internal resources such that it is a lifestyle shift and a mindset shift, right? If I want to prevent burnout or to cope with burnout, I really want to not just do one activity, right? Sometimes people will say, I'm burned out, so I'm taking one day off, or I'm burned out, so I'm taking one nap. And while one day off is can be a wonderful blessing, a nap can be really delicious. At the same time, I want to invite you to think larger than that about your lifestyle. What are some ways that I can shift my daily living or my weekly living? And what are some ways that I need to shift the way I think about myself, about my value, about work, about my responsibilities, about my relationships, that something needs to shift so that I am not perpetually feeling like the mule of the world or feeling like I am holding the world on my shoulders and that that is my responsibility. And so we want to shift and free our thinking so that we can shift and free our actions, our behavior, our lives. And so the first part really is for us to be willing to acknowledge that I do not want to live like this. I do not want to live in survival mode, in a constant state of feeling drained and disconnected, that I no longer want to adjust to dysfunction, right? And many of us for years can live with the burnout that you are in a relationship and you're burned out, you're on a job and you're burned out, and you have not even taken time or space to name it or to address it. And so often it is either covered or it is bleeding out in really unhealthy ways. And so I want to 
ask you to consider making a commitment to yourself that if I am in a place of burnout, I do not just want to figure out how to function with the burnout in place, but I want to build myself up. I want to give myself permission to rest and restore and heal. I want to make the necessary changes so that I can live an abundant life, so that I can live a rested life, so that I can live my wellness and my wholeness. And as you think about addressing and coping with your burnout, one of the important things that you'll need to do is create some boundaries, learning to say no. Many of us are burned out because we keep saying yes and your plate is full and people keep asking you to do things and you feel guilty, you feel responsible or you feel important or you feel needed. And so you keep saying yes. And the reality is emotionally, physically, spiritually, there is not space for everything that you have committed to, that everything you have agreed to. And so as a commitment to myself, because I want to come home to myself, I want to start establishing some boundaries, right? Of what time are you going to stop working, right? At what time are you going to log off of that computer? At what time are you going to stop accepting calls? At what time or at what point are you going to stop trying to manage the lives of other people who are making their own decisions? And so I need to get very clear about the limitations of my resources. And I know we love to say that we are limitless and in a lot of ways, our, our possibilities are limitless. And at the same time, we are human beings. We are sacred beings having a human experience. And in these human bodies, there are only so many hours of the day. There is one of you and your body can only do so much before it needs to rest and refill and restore. And so we want to make some commitments to ourselves about establishing boundaries and honoring our boundaries so that we can shift this burnout so that we can come out of it instead of letting the burnout be our lifestyle. Not only do you want to establish boundaries, but you want to take a look at your relationships, your friendships, your colleagues, because the people that you spend time with the most can either add to the burnout or they can relieve the burnout or help to relieve it. And so I want to be intentional when I know that there is already so much on my plate, when I know that I am already carrying a heavy load, then I want to be thoughtful about who I am spending time with on the phone. I want to be thoughtful about who I am giving access to the limited time and energy that I have. I want to be thoughtful and mindful that I am connecting with people with whom I can be honest, with whom I can be real, 
with whom I can be nourished as they also are nourished so that these are mutual relationships. If you work hard and then surround yourself with people for whom you are the caretaker and you don't have any place of receiving, it is going to be unsustainable. Yes. So if you are a parent or you are taking care of elders in your family, or you are looking out for your siblings, or you are the strong one, quote unquote, among your friendship circle, it is going to be draining for you. And so it is going to be necessary to make a decision that you are deserving of care, that you are not only capable of pouring it out, that you are capable and worthy of receiving it. So I invite you as we consider this burnout to do your own assessment and reflection about your relationships, your friendships, the people you are spending time and energy with. And do you come away from those exchanges feeling illuminated, energized, peaceful, Or do you come out of those exchanges and interactions feeling even more empty and even more drained? And so our relationships can really help us to prevent burnout or to reverse burnout. I also want to encourage you to shift your view, your mindset around work or responsibility and yourself, that sometimes we have gotten to a point, and maybe you were taught this, that we believe our busyness is a measure of our worth. Sometimes we get to this place where you believe the more people that are dependent on you, that are relying on you, the more busy your schedule is. People have this uh, saying of being booked and busy. They want to be booked. They want to be booked. Well, if you're defining yourself by your level of busyness, then that is what is keeping you from stopping. That is what is keeping you from slowing down. That is what is keeping you from resting. That is what is making you so driven that you are chipping away at your own health. And so I invite you to consider that what you do, whether in work or school or to care for others, that that is a part of who you are, but it is not the sum total of who you are, that you are already enough. I want to invite you to shift the way in which you measure yourself so that you do not have to perpetually give and pour and do and overextend yourself in order to believe that you are a good person or a kind person or a person of value. And so as you begin to look at yourself holistically, it will allow you to come home to yourself in such a way that you can appreciate yourself even when you're sitting still. That you can appreciate yourself 
even when you're not running behind a bunch of people that you can appreciate yourself. And so as we begin to do that, we can reevaluate our priorities and know that some things will have to wait because my health and my well-being are important to me. I'm so glad you're on this journey. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm-hmm.